Okay. In three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, it's been a couple weeks since we've talked any foosball. Uh, figure that would be a decent kind of addition to keep things a little current, a little interesting as we go through this Evergreen series. We can talk a little bit about our off-season process for evaluating. Well, yeah. uh, Talk about uh, we're starting to see some draft props pop. We're starting to get some free yeah. agent certainty uh, helping the landscape kind of come to some stability in terms of who's going to be quarterbacking which team, etc. Um, so figure we'll do a little NFL talk today um, and then come back and do some Evergreen topics like betting partnerships and modeling stuff, uh, save that for, uh, spring and summer. We don't need to blow all through all the good stuff. We can't, you don't want to blow through all. We, we sat and made a long list and we don't want to blow through all of them. Although, like you said, the, the DAC signing was maybe a catalyst for this for me today. Also, I mean, uh, Miami and Tennessee made a trade free agency opens up in about a week. We've got a ton of free, like the list of free agents is sickening this year. How many people are going to be moving around, going to be in new places. This is the stuff you need to pay attention to when you are adjusting. I mean, if you want to talk off-season process, modeling, power numbers, all the stuff that we talk about all year long with NFL, these are some important things for adjusting your priors because there's going to be some big pieces moving around. I mean, even outside of quarterbacks, there's going to be enough stuff where it's like, but this is probably worth you know a slight adjustment to this team. Oh, that was exciting, the the DAC stuff for certain. And, yes, some people have been shooting us some DMs. Hey, I got draft props up at this local. And, you know, there's a few propping here and there in the offshores. And eventually we'll have more and more of those as we are. God, when is the the draft got to be like six weeks out yet? Yeah, we're still a ways away. But uh, you need to follow it pretty closely because once the prices start moving, they go one way. <clears throat> so you want to be on the Thursday, front end of those. April 29th. <laughs> So we're literally talking like seven weeks from today. But, okay. that, I mean, it's true. When we sat and talked about the – we did a little draft stuff, and we said, like, hey, here's a good number that, like, you know, some of these people who follow this market's closer. Like, yeah, Kanish got this at, like, minus 180. Yeah, it's <laughs> minus 3,000 now. You know, there's <laughs> literally stuff that moves that fast. And there's a couple. And, yeah. yeah. Some of this stuff gets out of hand in a hurry. I mean, you can see the the Mac, Mac Jones is dropping – um, some mm-hmm. of these numbers on basically, you know, will BYU kid go second? Some of that stuff's moving around. So there's some there's some intrigue in some of these, and some people starting to take some positions. And yes, uh, like Patrick says, they're already on the move on Bookmaker. It does not take much to move some of these. No, it really doesn't. And uh, like we, this is a, this is a it's not a volatility of back and forth with these prices. They tend to go one direction. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if uh, if you have your eyes on anything that you think is a good price, I wouldn't wait uh, to try to get the best of it <laughs> necessarily. That's, yeah, um, there's not a lot of push pulls in these. There's no. everybody's like, this is wrong. Like, why would you set this at, you know, there, there's some of these props are over under draft position. And I mean, some of these you've seen it move, it goes from, 
you know, let's say it's 20 and a half and it goes 20 and a half and suddenly it's under minus 180. You wake up the next day. Most of the books have minus over 18 and a half and we get to draft day. He's on over 15 and a half and he ends up going somewhere in the, the like 15, 16, 17. I mean, some of this stuff does end up getting middled from opening to close as well. You can find some little, you know, you can find some value or you can set up some, <clears throat> some middles uh, if you play early and play late for sure. I think this is, I'm just going to make a bold prediction. This will be as successful uh, an overall NFL drafting season as any possibly ever. Uh, I don't think I'll ever hit a 50, 50 to 1 again on a, on a first kicker prop. But, uh, but the overall landscape right now, if you flip through some mock drafts, they look hilariously uninformed. Like there's not like general consensus on X, Y, or Z. You know, or even just which quarterback, which teams are in the markets for quarterbacks. Like there is an extra, you know, dose of imagination across all of the mock drafts out there, even among, you know, the mock drafts from guys who are relatively well respected. Um, In a normal year, those guys have spent the combine with agents, with teams and scouts. They know which teams and scouts were given what assignments in terms of who to evaluate and what those scouts thought of the players that they evaluated. All of that has been disrupted this year because of the, um, you know, the changes in the process. And so there's going to be more uncertainty than ever. And the market probably is going to reflect that. Maybe we don't get as many props because of that, which is going to be a shame. Um, yeah. But surely, just kind of flipping through what was available this last weekend, as I was kind of bored with, yeah, there's maybe there's some good draft content out there. No, there's not. No. None of it looks good. No, it's all very speculative. Um, and so, with that, let's speculate. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think you. I mean, you hit that on the head. A lot of these guys who do mock drafts, they have connections to scouts, and the scouts are just not able to feed them as much information this year because, I mean, not only are we not having the combine. We're not having as much uh, availability of some of these players throughout the season. Um, and, I mean, by by availability, I not only mean maybe you weren't able to be in attendance in certain games. Certain games weren't even played. Uh, Trey Lance is a highly touted quarterback prospect at North Jamar Dakota Chase. <laughs> they, they, you know, Jamar Chase decided not even play. You know, that there's Jamar Chase might even be more of an extreme case than Trey Lance. But Trey Lance, essentially, they played one game in the fall just to let him, you know, showcase. And he didn't even have that good of a game. It kind of sucked for him. But, I mean, North Dakota State said we're playing spring ball, and he can't play spring ball right before the draft. Like, that would be incredibly irresponsible for him financially to do that. So it's it's tough for them. It's tough for him. And, yeah, we're – well, I mean, maybe it's not a Q&A episode, but I'm going to throw this up here. And I'm, we're going to do more Q&A episodes. I had a ton of fun with that last Friday, by the way. We will do that again. Oh, yeah. Does the lack of draft knowledge lead to more or fewer trades? Trades are impossible to speculate on. We will speculate on some shit today. But trades, uh, I, I felt like there, there were fewer spots where last year where teams were like, really asking around and trying to make something happen. Maybe we just don't know. And that's the thing about trades. There could have been like 15 trades last year in the first round that were really close to happening that just couldn't get quite there. That never happened. And a lot of times you don't hear about that. Yeah. I'm going to, my, my answer to that question is going to be, yes, there will be fewer trades, not just because the process is going to be disrupted again and getting people on the phone and, you know, feeling out, trade partners, all of that is that much more difficult because you're on a clock and you're all remote. Um, but B, 
beyond that, like one of the advantages, I think, to why scouts talk to draft nicks, why mock drafts kind of become consensus at some point, it serves it serves two functions. One is you want some general fan expectation of who your team is going to select so that when the time comes and they go and put that card in and it's a guy you've never freaking heard of, your immediate reaction isn't, oh, we, we blew it. You know, you want you want fan confirmation bias that they got the guy that they you know that that you've been told was the you know the the, the, the franchise oh, yeah, it's, guy. It's been leaked out to the local yeah the local what? beat reporters like oh man the, oh yeah really you know the, not really only high on this guy really, he's awesome really high on him I watched like, the tape he's amazing not only that but he's a great <laughs> fit for this yes. team yeah and you know the course. offense the offensive. The coordinator loves him. Loves him. Well, loves can't him. can't yeah. stop talking about him. Can't stop talking. About they him. Exactly. do. They do kind of build you up for it. Silly. Absolutely. Because and guess what? Think about the teams that don't do that. Think about like the CLC Hawks, where they're like, I don't know, we're just going to pick somebody random. <laughs> you know, that always falls we flat. Can, we can use yeah, oh, we'll just take I don't know, that guy. You know, like it feels like that, and it feels like they don't have a plan or they don't really know what they're doing. And and similarly, without sort of a consensus, um, you know, talent tier. Uh, you know, that everybody is sort of in agreement across, uh, you know, across the film guys, across the scouts, across the, you know, the actual employed by the NFL GMs. Like once there's kind of a stratified, uh, you know, set of, of player talent wise, it makes trades possible. Right? It's like, you know, nobody's going to trade up to the fourth pick to take a quarterback unless they know for sure that the fourth pick is going to take a quarterback, which is kind of where I want to start today's pod talking about the draft is because it's all quarterbacks. Really, this is a very this is a quarterback rich draft. Now, whether you believe all these guys are going to be franchise changing quarterbacks is not the point. The point is that there are four guys, maybe five, that are perceived as franchise changing guys, um, and there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And in fact, you know it's it's a it's a wide open question right now whether the Texans are in the mix if they're ever going to make a deal for Deshaun Watson. It's a wide open question that the Seahawks are might be in the mix because of sort of the friction between them and Russell Wilson. As weird as that has kind of unfolded this season, and uh, and similarly, teams like the Dolphins who drafted a quarterback in round one last year have the third overall pick this year. Do they go back to the well if they can't get it? You know, if they if they don't feel like they have the right quarterback in the future in place, the Philadelphia Eagles are in that conversation. They trade Carson Wentz to the Colts. Now they're, you know, the reports floating out there today that the owner wants to try to make make it work with Hertz, which maybe takes yeah. them out of the quarterback market. I had seen them in a bunch of trade, you know, scenarios. Oh, they're gonna trade up to four because they really love fields or they really love uh, you know, Trey Lance, who you name it, right? Like I've seen it all. And I don't think uh I don't think you can realistically expect trades to happen when there's not even sort of an agreed upon sort of strata of, you know, how good are these QBs and where should they go? Should the first blank picks off the board all be QBs? And, you know, personally, I I, I don't see it with these guys, but uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, that there aren't a lot of new coaches, new regimes that all need uh, to kind of put their you know flag in the sand and, and have a quarterback of the future. So. Well, not only that, but I mean, there's a couple teams, and the one that most comes to mind would be the Atlanta Falcons, who maybe in a year where it wasn't such a a quarterback needy field of teams, they could think about it. I don't know if they can think about it just because there are so many, there's a, you know, there's just a dearth of 
teams that have the quarterback that they need. So, so many people are going to be after these top quarterbacks in the free agent and the draft that they probably would be benefit, you know, they benefit from taking someone else because, you know, some top positional players at basically every other position might end up falling, being a little bit of value where they can get it. So, I mean, if you can, it's, it sucks because quarterback is obviously the most important position. You need to have a quarterback to win, but somebody who can wait or is like, ah, we're still rebuilding or, you know, we know we're not going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan at this point in his career with this roster, but we have so many other holes. You might be able to find some value elsewhere, especially if if you're not if you're grind you know your film grinders your your guys that you know look at the tape and follow these kids around. Uh, that sounds creepy, but you know the ones that, <laughs> you know the ones that really scout these college kids. If they're not in love with someone, you know don't don't go reaching just because you know Matt. I mean Matt Ryan's. Long in the tooth, he's not got that many years left. Yeah, so I uh, need to replace him. But I mean, you can't you can't go reaching for some of these guys because there are so many failures with first round quarterbacks. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, well, let's put a pin in Matt Ryan for right now because we'll, we'll. I want to get to yeah, we'll, let's, let's, let's go through a couple. Let's go through a couple because that that one is the one that really confuses me. Is he on the trade market? I mean, like, are they considering trading him? Does they really need to replace him? Like, I don't one hundred percent know that I agree with all of this. You know, no. kind of thoughts that they're in the quarterback market anyway. But who knows? Um, let's start with uh, what is your current temperature on Deshaun Watson? It sounds to me like the Texans are not entertaining offers. Sincerely. And at one point I thought, oh, that's good. Um, you know, that, that's good negotiating prowess by them. You know, like they're literally going to drive up and get the best possible offer and, uh, you know, and, and you know, actually make uh, the most out of this situation. But now I actually am kind of gone farther and said, oh, well, actually, no, you know what? Maybe they really are just going to sit on him and force his hand, force him to sit out if he really is sincerely not going to play for these guys again. Uh, what's your current temperature? I think both sides are dug in enough where that might be what happens. And it would be, I don't know, would it be unprecedented? I mean, unprecedented for a quarterback of that stature, for sure. I mean, we've seen players hold out and sit out a season. Le'Veon, you know, with his uh, his deal up in Pittsburgh, but this would be really weird for them to just say, we're digging in, we're not trading him, he's our guy, and him saying, well, I'm not playing for you, and just sitting out the season, giving up one year of his, you know, the prime of his career. That's tough. It's tough, but if he, you know, if both teams, if everybody sticks to their guns, nobody caves, that's what will happen, I suppose. So if I'm, you know, if I'm Houston, I'm trading him. I don't know why. Let's say it was an amicable relationship. He was happy to be there. I might still trade him <laughs> just because the roster's in such bad position. 100%. 100% like, agree. You've gotten to the end of his rookie contract here, you're close enough where it's like, well, we tried. We just couldn't. You know, our GM coach combo wasn't good enough. We didn't win anything. We got a division title. That was fun, whatever. But yeah, at this point, even if even if they were happy and amicable, the relationship was good. I might I might think about trading him. So I'm surprised that they're so they're so dug in on this. And it really it wouldn't surprise me because front offices lie to us so much. It wouldn't surprise me if they did trade him if they were just you know trying to bargaining chips. Like oh man. 
oh boy, we would trade him, but it would have to be a really good offer, and I don't think anybody can oh, yeah. do that. No, what they did, what they've done so far is admirable on recapturing some of the leverage that they lost by Watson making it extremely public that he was never going to play for the franchise again. Like that yeah. cost them leverage for sure, and them sitting in and not accepting offers or not even listening, not entertaining offers has gotten them some leverage back. So good job by them. But if they don't actually use that. To make you know the best trade possible, which is probably send him to the Jets and get the Jets number two pick overall and some other awesome stuff. Like that, that's they need to make they need to make that decision at some point. And it sounds like they're not scouting quarterbacks. It sounds like they're not really, uh, you know, making any forward progress here. So I think Watson's going to be stuck there. And if he ends up, you know, opting to sit out, like that's his choice. You know, but I'm not going to be critical of that. But boy, is it going to suck as a fan of the NFL to lose a year of absolute prime Watson in a, in a in a year in a season where you're starting to see you we're losing Philip Rivers we're probably losing Drew Brees we're you know we got all these guys aging out aging up uh and if you lose a year, prime Watson year on top of it all it's gonna suck and even if he does coming back and play with this shit team it's gonna suck like yes. it's, it's gonna be tough so I, I'm very hopeful that they find a deal and they make this move and make it happen. And, and that's yeah, that's the other half of that. Like, let's say you're not, even if you don't bet the NFL, even if you're not a fan of the Texans or Deshaun Watson in general, like he, overall, it brings up the quality of the league, the quality of the product on Sunday to have him. And me personally, I was excited to hear you know, of his just, it was obvious he wasn't super excited about being there, but once he really aired it out, I'm like, good. I would love to see this guy with, you know, a good offense again. You know, he he obviously a few years back, a lot of good receivers. In fact, like three pretty good receivers, no offensive line. It was like running for his life and still making a lot of plays, still being great. It was fun. That was fun. Like even that was just, that was a fun Deshaun Watson. It was it was a great offense to watch, and it it had like five bags of trash starting that offensive line. Like he was in his life was in danger a lot of those snaps, and that was great. So imagine putting him on like you know obviously the Colts they get sailed, but behind a good offensive line with a couple of half decent receivers, my God, like that's what I want to see. I'm excited about good quarterbacks playing good ball. I don't like the Seahawks. I hate their franchise. I hate everything about them. I hate how they operate. I hate betting on or against them because they always find ways to, you know, bend me over a barrel. But I really did have a lot of fun at the beginning of this season when Russell Wilson was just slinging it. They were opening up that offense. He was on pace for like 75 touchdowns, which would have been, you know, impossible. But still, if they could have continued stuff like that, and yes, the schedule got harder, but they brought some of that on themselves. Like that was disappointing for me as just a fan of football. Like I wanted to see Russell Wilson – at his peak, I want to see people hit their ceilings. Yes, that's more fun. Like getting held back by having to play for this franchise is no fun whatsoever. So hopefully they do trade him, and if not, I guess I'm prepared for the worst here. Yeah. Okay. So then the Jets sounds like they've moved on from Darnold. They're going to take a quarterback yeah. number two. Yeah. Either that or God, that's. I mean, the market is telling us have, Zach Wilson is going number two. Yeah, I mean it's very expensive right now to get Wilson under two and a half for that. And any anybody who gets confused on that, as I did many years in a row, the under under is lower. I mean, it's just yeah. some people ask me that under two and a half means he must go pick one or two. Yes. Yeah. 
it's easy not easy. And that, I mean, that, I don't know what that's priced at now, but a couple of days ago, I was, it was like minus two fifty, essentially implying mm-hmm. a, a pretty high probability. What's that? Like sixty-eight. In the last month, it's trickled from about even odds out to about minus three hundred. Yeah. Depending so, on where you shop. A lot of signal that uh, the Jets are probably going with him. There's some scouts, some Twitter scouts that are kind of poo-pooing that he's a you know a big league NFL arm, but a lot of the stuff he's put on tape was pretty good. Um, granted, he played against some less than great competition at some points. You know, he didn't play in one of the real massive leagues. Not like he was playing SEC defenses, but fucker's got an arm. I mean, he's got a cannon. Um, and if he's a smart kid and willing to learn, we've seen a kid with a cannon arm and maybe some shitty other metrics go up to Buffalo and make it work after a couple of years. So sure. you know, if, if you if you put the right coaching staff with a kid who's willing to does he even make have changes, any other metrics that are questionable? I think he's pretty. No, widely... I think I think the main the main question is like look who he's doing in a competition. Like, yeah, 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 and yeah. I think that was you know. Allen was a little bit of accuracy, but at the same time, too, it's like, yeah, and he played for Wyoming. Like, that's not a great, you know, that's not a great conference. That's not tough. Ooh, man. So, Mountain West shade. I, I, if I'm, I'm going to shit on the Mountain. Well, the Mountain West is Mountain West is a fine conference. <laughs> it's just not the SEC. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I know I don't disagree with you, and I yeah, it does seem likely he'll be your number two. Um, and if you want a little bit more of a safer bet, you can pay, take him as the second quarterback taken instead of number two overall. I think they're basically the same pick. Um, the risk the is thing. the risk is that uh, you know the Texans somehow last, you know let Bauer make a deal, send Deshaun Watson to New York for that pick, and then they like someone else. Who knows what who that would be. Um, but it does seem like that's the right fit and that's where they're going to go forward. And honestly, at this point in the process, it, maybe the Jets are like, okay, well, we made our best offer for, for uh, Watson. We didn't get a call back about it, so we've moved on. And we're, you know, we're, we've now talked ourselves into this as the future of our, of our yeah. franchise going forward. And I guess what do you think they do with Darnold if you're the Jets? What do you do with them? Do you listen to he's offers? Worth, I mean, he's worth something. Do you, do you let him sit? Draft day trade? Yeah, I think somebody would probably take kick the tires and try to get something out of him. He's young enough, and he's he's shown some glimpses at times. You know, it's it's been a bad, a, a poorly coached team, a poorly a poorly run team, a poorly constructed roster. And w- what happened? Oh, we captured B- the, Bitcoin's uh, about like we captured 52 the fifty-two eight. six level, and it's like yeah, it's going yeah. now. Thank God, it is it is ripping now. BTC is yeah. It's funny. I checked it like ten seconds ago. <laughs> I, I held a poker face. So yeah, um, anyway, yeah. you know, Dar- Darnold. You know, Darnold. You can make the case that you know the coaching, the roster construction, um, some injuries, mono, a few other things. He hasn't looked great, but I mean, there's a few. It's like the old saying about golf. You know that one shot that keeps you coming back when you make that one nice chip. It lands two feet out on eighteen. You make your birdie putt. It's like that. He's had a couple of those throws where it's like, all right, maybe I'm not completely out on this guy. Where he makes a nice deep throw when he's had a couple of half decent receivers in his stable. So somebody, somebody probably kicks the tires and you can get something. Getting something's better than nothing. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the trade market is for him. I haven't really dug into that, but. If if somebody's willing to give him a third, I guess if some if a team's given up a third or a fourth rounder or something like that for him, then he's probably getting put into a starting QB competition. 
sort of a role. Oh, and yeah. If you're giving a third sure rounder, you're if certainly at least. If it's less than a fourth, he's probably he's he's now in backup territory. And teams maybe yeah. like teams like the Rams, you know, might be looking at him as backup for Stafford or something like that, right? Um, so it's it's not obvious to me that there's a suitor out there for him. Uh, it's not obvious to me that. Um, uh, you know, that they're going to want to keep him and Wilson in house. Um, you know, they probably want Wilson, you know, throw him out there day one, get, start to start getting some reps. Uh, I don't think it makes sense really to keep Sam Darnold around for a year, cross your fingers that your new offensive coordinator and that system works and that he somehow gets even more value. And you have like a Drew Brees, Philip Rivers situation on your hands. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, that were, I mean, that worked out for, all those championships that got. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine having those two quarterbacks on your roster at the same time getting no titles t- they did, i'm not even sure they made an afc title game they did they lost to the patriots in 2007 oh, with the uh, yeah, philip yeah, rivers yeah. had a, a blown acl yep i forgot about that one no well, they could have could have could have won that game honestly um the uh yeah so the question is uh you know what do you do with Darnold what do you, you know what's the future of the Jets and yeah Trubisky Darnold competition yeah I don't know I, I, I don't know where the Bears the Bears are all over the map they're trying to trade for Russell Wilson they're trying to trade I for Sean no Watson they are all over the map they're gonna get someone and then it's probably gonna be Darnold Trubisky competition like you're just like you're saying um they have a Foles problem they got to pay Foles next year so I don't know who, who the hell knows what the Bears end up with here um dolphins at three we think are more realistically going to stick with tua they're going to try to make this work i know that uh it sounds like ryan fitzpatrick is persona non grata in terms of coming back into that yeah he said he's playing like he's going to play somewhere but it's not going to be it doesn't sound like it's going to be miami and miami doesn't seem like they're in the quarterback market at all and from what they're doing draft prep wise, right? And the Dolphins are already making good use of their treasure trove of draft picks. They just picked up first round talent from last year. Man, was it last year? Isaiah what a Wilson. trade! I mean, maybe the guy's done with football, but she's he's his he was a clear top, you know, top two talent, and he was young. Yeah, he's he's young, so he could potentially get bigger, get stronger. I, if he's got up any stomach for continuing to play football, he could absolutely thrive in Miami. That was nice. But they give him they gave up like they they did they just like exchange sevenths? Is that right? I'm not I'm not even sure what the draft pick compensation was yet. It was um, it sounded like a seventh and then another seventh. Or or was it sevenths flipped, which is odd. But yeah. uh, I mean if if he truly was just unhappy with being in Tennessee and he wants to continue his career elsewhere, then yeah, kudos, kudos to my guys down in Miami. They made a good trade and they might have somebody, some, something great on their hands there. Okay. So then if the dolphins are picking third, we think they're probably in the market for a wide receiver that at least has been sort of the tea leaves are saying that Um, from what we can tell Jamar chase would be the guy if they go wide receiver, but they're in a decent spot. If, Atlanta really is considering quarterbacks and you know I haven't heard otherwise then that three pick is pretty attractive to anyone who has eyes or hearts for Justin Fields do you think they entertain trades for the third overall pick does somebody move up into that spot do they accumulate more assets because they could slide down to the later you know later portion of the top 10 here they you know they flip-flop with the let's say the the Panthers Panthers move up from eight to three. 
and uh, you know the Dolphins moved down to eight. They're still getting an absolute wide receiver one in this draft at the eighth overall pick. They may get yeah. the first receiver off the board, honestly, because there's not very many wide receiver needy teams in the top ten. Um, I guess uh, you know you're listening to trades, obviously, if you're in the third hole, right? You're not just sticking with the. Uh, you're not taking a wide receiver there if you don't have to. All right. I wouldn't. Th- I wouldn't think so. Like especially. Okay. Mm, the way your roster is built right now, that's a weird spot for you to have. Like you don't want that spot. No. So, and I don't know if you can say like, oh, that hurts their trade value because people know they don't want their spot. Like it's still a very coveted spot. So the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that they might be able to get out of there with a little bit of value somewhere else, that, that'd be great for them, I think. Cause you're right. They could trade down maybe somewhere inside the top 10 still and get a good wide receiver or a great tight end. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's an interesting, interesting little nugget because uh, Tua does excel over sort of the middle of the field. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, so then I, I was considering looking at like Chase third pick overall props. They're in the plus 404 range. In fact, his... What was Chase's over under? Was it? Uh, it was four and a half, right? Yep. I had these props. Up, Actually, man. I got five. I, I got them at five and a half, and the over is now juicy at minus one forty. So Chase, if he doesn't go third, he could slide. So that has long tail sort of potential. Question is, Dolphins don't get a deal done. They end up picking third. Do they take him? And they and that's that's possible. Maybe even probably. Yeah. Um. Okay. I have. Have you heard anyone a strong connection to Justin Fields? I've seen a couple of teams slot him going to the Falcons fourth, saying he's going home to Atlanta. Like they're using that weird regional connection, which yeah. never really ends up that being a works. thing. Never ends up being a thing. Um, haven't heard Atlanta really being you know interested in the quarterback market, other than people just kind of deciding that Matt Ryan's done and they're they're never going to get another swing at a top top five quarterbacks so they might as well take one now and yeah maybe that's true um the uh yeah the the falcons to me need so much to be a realistic contender um the art smith era i don't know that i have lots of high hope of it early you know being a, a especially um competitive early although you know maybe they have advantages over the panthers and saints considering some of the structural issues with the saints contractually and considering the Panthers don't really know what they're doing with the quarterback position. So it's, it's possible that the Falcons are closer to an AFC South championship than we realize. But um, yeah, this is a draft overall that's rich in talent at the quarterback position at the wide receiver position and doesn't really have a pass rush. And if you were picking fourth and looking at this roster, that would be the, the area I'm trying to attack most and there's really not a player like that would you agree there's not a defensive player i want in the top five maybe not the top eight it's i mean there there are guys that will go that high because it's just the nature of best player available and who they're going to want to take but i would say i would be very comfortable trading back if i'm atlanta i'm not excited i'm not excited about fields Uh, and i'm i'm on record as being a horrible evaluator of talent when it comes to quarterbacks coming out of college, but here we are. And I I don't think a lot of people are a lot of smart people I'm listening to aren't excited about him at the next level. So 
if you're if you're going to take a swing that high, why not just wait one more year? Because you have a lot of holes to fill in the roster. Like just maybe punt this one, find something else. Go ahead and you know go ahead and move back, find some defensive players, get some, accumulate some picks. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what to do with Atlanta. And it's weird because Atlanta's a roster for like the past couple of years. Every year we do these preseason, you know, uh, little previews and we're like, oh, this is a roster that has a lot of talent. But, you know, and then, you know, the past two years have been like, but the coaching sucks and that's going to hold them back. Are we, you know, are we fine trying to back this Dan Quinn team? And it has all the talent in the world. And then the coaching drags them down and then they suffer, you know, three or four injuries in the defense two years ago, a couple this year. It just, you know, it, it's still a roster that has some talent. It's kind of in that weird tweener stage where I can't decide. It's like, is this a, a roster that's, moving up or moving down you know like there's a lot of good pieces but it, they're starting to show a few more holes now they don't have good coverage they don't have a good pass rush they're not good tackling their defensive scheme stunk um raheem morris i thought did a, a very admirable job of kind of pulling shit together over the last half of the season uh was he was a good hire by the rams i think as their new defensive coordinator that'll be an interesting fit um but yeah i i, I completely agree um julio jones is getting older calvin ridley's needs to get paid pretty soon your offensive line stinks you know you're you know matt ryan obviously is losing mobility he looks like he's losing a little leg strength that's all huge question marks so yeah i mean maybe they are in the market for a quarterback but uh you know you get a new GM. I don't really know what to expect from this guy. You get a new head coach. For all we know, he wants to find his, you know, Derrick Henry in round two of the draft. <laughs> you know, Najee Harris going going at the top of round two to the Falcons sounds about right to me. Yeah, like that seems like that seems like a likely slot. In fact, Najee Harris overs on that from that angle. I think is fair. Um, yeah, it's 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 not a great team, and I don't really know. What and if I were them, I'd I'd start looking at some of these, <clears throat> you know, like last year, a Jacob Eason, somebody who's going to slot later in the second day or into the third day. Like look oh, at yeah. look at somebody who's a little raw, uh, but has some you know some upside, a high ceiling project quarterback. Like fill in some defensive holes, get some coverage guys. Trade back and take certain. I don't care. Do something like that, mm. and then, and yeah, that I'd, if we're gonna pick an Alabama player, I'd rather have him. Um, you know, trade back, get some defensive help, and then look for some project quarterbacks. I don't know. It's I'd feel better about that if I'm an Atlanta fan because okay. it's not. Just look what Tampa Bay did, and yes, New Orleans is in cap hell, but they still have a couple years to fight through that and they have enough talent on that roster where it's, yeah. it, it, it ain't this year. You're not going to draft fields and be competing this year. And if he's a bust, you just set yourself back another couple years. It's true. Um, okay. So then you have uh, an interesting question about the Justin Fields draft prop over under four and a half is his current number over is juiced. I'm inclined to look over there because, I guess, as kind of mentioned, I don't know how easily trades will be facilitated. I don't know that I'm personally sold that Atlanta is going to try to get a quarterback in this draft. And in general, there's enough buzz around guys like Trey Lance, guys like Mac Jones, even guys like uh, who's the Florida kid? 
Um, Trask. Yeah, Trask. Trask. There's some Ooh. buzz around. Uh, who's the Texas A&M kid? Kellen Mund. Yeah, Mund. Like, yeah, Mund. There's like enough buzz around those guys that I can see like teams that are kind of are we in the quarterback market? I don't know. Like they're probably gonna just wait and just look for value. They're not gonna over. They're not gonna overpay to get up into this you know top tier of slots and take quarterback. So I'm inclined to look for the over in Fields. I'm inclined to look for the over. Um, in Lance, I don't know that this is as clean as people are mocking it, where there's going to be a nice orderly fashion of people trading up and taking quarterback, 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 uh, even though that is probably the game theory correct thing to do. It is just go ask the, the PFF draft thing. You see that one, the guy who just took quarterbacks, like every pick in the first round and gave it all A's. Because he just kind of gamed the system on that. But I mean, there is something to be said for, you know, some of those second tier guys like Mond. Mond was great. He ended up having, um, he ended up having COVID. I, I feel like a bunch of the AM players got COVID or something before the Tennessee game. Was that, if I'm remembering right, I think I had a number on it and then they canceled the game. Yeah, I think that's so like, correct. There's, there's some of the stuff where maybe we haven't even gotten to see some of these guys and you can find some value here. So yeah, there's, I think there's definitely some decent quarterbacks outside of the top few. We find that. I mean, every year, look at the guy who just signed the giant contract. Where did he get picked? Like third round? Yeah. Dak Prescott was third or fourth. Maybe. Yeah. It was late. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, I don't even know how many. I don't, I don't even know how some of these draft Knicks start ranking these guys, like or, okay. or where they have them. So it'd be curious. I'm going to start digging into that. Like where, who, who do some of these other guys think <laughs> of like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think anyone we haven't named. I think we named a lot of the guys. Uh, Texas kid, Ellinger, uh, Ian Book. Yeah. Ian Book from, I mean, he was, uh, yeah, he's for sure. He's been around forever. He has to be coming out at this time. Stanford guy. Um, there's some, uh, even buzz around the Arkansas guy, I feel like. So who knows what we'll see in the yeah. third and fourth rounds. I, I think some smart teams can make some smart decisions there. Okay, so this brings me to kind of the, the key here, uh, which is maybe the best prop available for the draft right now, which is Penny Sewell, under five and a half. It's in what crazy. universe? In what universe is his hard floor not the Cincinnati Bengals at five? Realistically, he could be a top three pick, a top two pick, a top four pick. But I think if he's available at five when the Bengals are on the clock, I think from every aspect of building a franchise, you just drafted a quarterback who got hurt because the offensive line was trash. Like this is a no-brainer. This is the the right fit for the right player, and I don't, I do not see how Cincinnati passes on a franchise-defining left tackle for their to protect their young Joe Burrow as, you know, asset that they have in hand. Um, I'm looking at minus three hundreds in in across the board on this guy. I feel like it should be like minus a thousand at least. So let's go one. <laughs> Seventy-five percent. Yeah, seems a liar than that. I don't know what would you make that percentage. 90, 90. 90, 92? Yeah, ninety. Yeah, ninety. So three three hundred implies seventy-five percent. I was just pretending to do math there. Yeah, it's, it's higher. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's an easy one. That's my favorite one. It's four. Yeah. 
So yeah. four is yeah. your decimal odds, divide 100 by four. So 75%, and I do believe it's a lot higher than that. So this is one of the, this is one of the rare, we talk about this, and we've talked about this in other evergreen pods, or we've talked about this in uh, tennis betting or what have you. Like there are certain, and I know a certain tennis better who's not afraid to play like minus 400, minus 500 money lines in tennis because he's a absolute nut job and he's, run enough back testing to prove that he's right but this is a case where you know the juice doesn't matter maybe one of those you see this there's an argument on twitter i don't know a month ago to some hockey guys i'd never play over minus 145 or i never i would never ever ever it's like and we just had this conversation in the tennis chat everything in betting is a percentage it is a probability and until you boil it down to that, you're looking at the wrong thing. Like, yeah, and, yeah. What well, was the highest price? Down, what was the highest price you laid? Bad. What was the highest price you laid on over five and a half offensive linemen last year? Oh, it had four numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you because that. Remember over one. Could... Remember over one and a half Notre Dame players. Yes, in the same first thing, round, four numbers. The I can't best go back tackle because those are all best... that five dimes. It's gone. Oh, that's sad. I can't um, go look at this anymore. Yeah, no, I think I bet that one out to minus twelve hundred. Uh, yep, was the last right. bet I placed on that over one because it was literally like Quentin Nelson's going in the top ten, no doubt. And then the best tackle on the board was a Notre Dame kid, McGlinchey. And so it was like, no, they're they're he's going in the first round. That's a hundred percent. It should be a hundred percent. That was settled within an hour, and it was and it, it he was, was the top ten pick. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a silly prop. And that, that's another one of those things where it's like what you're pricing there is the probability that one of those Notre Dame kids gets arrested for a heinous crime <laughs> the for the draft. Before, yeah, before. Like the yeah. Or, or, yeah, like yeah. He, he literally is like accused of murder and becomes undraftable, and then you lose your money. And at that yeah. point, you, you know, you just have to tip your hat to the universe and say, I laid the juice and I got caught. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was a silly one. We'd laid some heavy ones during the live betting for sure, and we will continue to do that with the N- NFL props and NFL draft props because it's again mm-hmm. when you derive a probability from something and compare it, and you have an edge, it's not juice. You're just comparing probabilities. Yeah. Now you do yeah. have to. You have the time factor as well. So you're locking up credit. You're locking up uh, yeah, bankroll between like now and when this gets resolved. And you know if you can't play this at nitrogen, then I don't know if you want your bankroll in U.S. dollars anyway. Um, but I would say that the fair price for Penny Sewell under five and a half should be like minus. I'm going to say like minus eight hundred ish. It's in the ten percent range that he does that he slides past the Bengals, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, the 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 next pick, next prop up, Kyle Pitts over under six and a half. Under six and a half is juiced right now, and a lot of mocks are sending Pitts to Philly, sixth overall. Philly really drafting a tight end. They need a lot of other things. Yeah, I would not really uh, a tight end, right? I'm trying to think what their greatest need would be. I got their offensive. Cornerback or wide receiver? Yeah, their offensive line got shuffled around and beat up. But at that point, with Sewell gone, I don't know if you reach for another one. You'd trade back for that. Defense would be useful. And then, yeah, receiving help would be really great since they've screwed that. I mean, if you're the Eagles, do you even draft a receiver? Or do you just realize, like, we can't do that? We're not any good at that. I think you do. It's like me 
entering a, you know, a, a long distance running race. I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to be any good at that. I'm just not, why would I do that? I think they probably take their, I think they probably take the top cornerback off the board in that spot at six. And then they coverage take would be nice. coverage at the top around two. Coverage, linebacker, receiver, something like that. Yeah, a tight end would be a weird grab there. They have pick 37. They can get a, they can get a wide receiver with t- round one talent at the top of round two. Uh, I think they take the top cornerback off the board. Would be my guess. I, 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 that. I don't know why there people are mocking a tight end to them. It's because it, some of this is like, well, this is where he fits. Like uh, this is he's like the sixth best player or whatever. It's like, well, that doesn't always work out. Like we've seen this guy's a top five player, but man, nobody needs him and nobody can make a trade and he's gonna fall to eight. Yeah, like, especially all the time. Especially because like you really want to build around a tight end in today's NFL, especially with some of these other wide receivers who are in the mix here. Chase may still be on the board. Uh, you could, you definitely, I think you're definitely going to have Smith and Waddle. The two Alabama kids are going to be out there. Um, there's another handful of wide receivers who are clear top, you know, round one talent uh, wide receiver wise. And, and you know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm interested to see what, where and what they hang the over under on number of wide receivers taken in the first round, because I think there's going to be a lot. This is going to be the. This is going to be a priority of a lot of teams coming into this draft. Is we need to get some of this top tier wide receiver talent. Um, it was pretty obvious last year um, that there was there was kind of a there was so much wide receiver talent in that draft that teams kind of waited because they figured they could just get a guy later. Um, I don't think they're going to. You know, many teams are going to make that mistake again. Yeah, that, letting, that ju- letting a guy like just. Well, and, and, and you know what's funny? It did yeah. kind of work out for a few teams. There were some good receivers that went in the second and third round. Of but, course. But, you know, it's, it's easy to pick those out because you don't have to sit there and say, of, you know, you don't have to sit there and mention all the misses. Like, it's easy. Oh, even like Jefferson, like fourth or fifth off the board. Later in yeah. the first round, at like 22nd. He was the fifth wide receiver off the board at 22. Over, on Easily. Overall. You redraft last year's draft, he goes in the top 10 easily. Yeah, easily the best receiver off the board. And, you know, Rieger went right before him. Lamb, Lamb, it's not like Lamb had a bad year. You know, it's he's good. He had, yeah, he's good too. He, there were some yeah. there were some issues at the quarterback position there that probably brought down some of his stats. But I mean, you can hit on guys. Like you look at Chenault in the second round, you get yeah. uh Yep. And, T. Higgins, T. Higgins is T. Higgins is going to work for the Bengals. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to work for the Colts. Uh, yeah, Chenault is going to work for the Jags. Uh, Chase Claypool, Claypool is going to work for the Steelers. Oh like gosh. these are good. These are good players. And yeah, KJ Hamler. Yeah, yeah there were oh, there were a lot of good players. Receivers. I'm trying to find a miss. I can't. I'm not sure I can find one. All these are turned out to be pretty. Ayuk turned out to be pretty well. Yeah, um, so I'm 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 interested to see what they hang that over under on number wide receivers drafting, um, and you know I guess we haven't really talked about yeah. So I don't really know where the right fit for Kyle Pitts is, uh, you know, and maybe t- teams prioritize the tight end position because there's no one close to as good as him. But I don't know that the NFL is really built around tight ends nowadays. It doesn't make sense. Like, don't you know? Th- there's there's theories of take the best player available and take a player for fit. And it feels like those are two, you know, separate kind of schools of thoughts, but I think you can mesh those two things and definitely you know, say, we need the best player available, but we can't take somebody who does not fit at all. Like it does not fit the rebuild. It does not fit where we're drafting. We have, we don't have the need. We have to trade this or we have to go a different direction. Do you remember the last tight end that got drafted top 10? 
Iowa kid, wasn't it? Yeah. Two um, years ago? Yeah. A good good memory. Good memory. Uh it was TJ Hawkinson went to I went uh, to Detroit. The Lions, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean he made a Pro Bowl, but it's not like the Lions can build around you know TJ Hawkinson. No, nobody's <laughs> talking about like, well, I mean, it's it's a kind of a premier spot if you're a quarterback. You want to land there now. You know, when we're talking golf, like, well, golf has Hawkinson now. Maybe that's what he needs to turn this career around. He's a fine tight end, but yeah, it's not. I don't know about that. Um, So we get down to the seventh pick, and it is the Lions. And interestingly, have heard no buzz or speculation that they're in the quarterback market at all, which is wild because a guy like Fields could be there. Trey Lance probably going to be there. Uh, you know, you can have your pick of of quarterbacks. And we heard a lot of buzz last year that they were kind of in the mix for Tua at the number three overall position. So they were thinking, you know, draft quarterback last year, at least from a franchise standpoint. Now all those guys got fired, right? Or a lot of them got fired. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, I have a tough time believing that they really are going to go chips on the table. We're going to see if Goff can be reconciled here, uh, rejuvenated here. And if it doesn't work, then we're going to have the number one overall pick next year, and we're fine with that. We'll take a quarterback then. I mean, I get that thinking kind of. And, yes, your team has so many flipping holes. You might you might as well address some of them uh, you know, with blue-chip potential players. But guys I'm seeing mocked to the Lions are like Micah Parsons, uh, you know, maybe another court, cornerback. Um, they obviously still need to address that position. Uh, drafting Okuda last year wasn't good enough. They're going to probably need to go back to and the well. I mean, they, the injuries were just so rough for them last year. Like, they were bit by an injury bug. He got tossed in there. We shot up the depth charge by attrition. If they and lose Galladay in free agency, awesome. they probably lose Galladay in free agency, we think. Um, Marvin I'm Jones is getting old. Are they in the wide receiver market at the seventh position? If they, if they lose him for sure, and we'll find, you know, we'll know more about that. And yeah, the, the free agent, the list of free agents, as we mentioned earlier in the show, pretty uh, thick this year. It's good really offering. Thick. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's tough to really say. We're, and we're getting into the real tough to handicap speculative part of the draft. Um, I see a number on Devontae Smith that's seven and a half. That looks a little high. I don't know that anyone in the top seven is really screaming wide receiver besides Miami, right? Any of these other teams to you look like a wide receiver fit besides Miami? Uh, again, like the Eagles a little, but is yeah, that what you want to do with that spot? They have so many other ways to go with that. Yeah, I, I still contend that they take CB1 and then come back and get wide receiver eight or whatever at the top of the yeah. second round, and they'll be fine with that. Um, the... The two names that stand out from the cornerback position, Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan, uh, probably go in the top ten. You have a couple of you have a couple of teams that will likely try to address their coverage in uh, Denver's in the market for a, a, corner, a cornerback. Dallas is in the market for a cornerback. Um, the Lions are in the market for a cornerback. Philly's in the market for a cornerback. So there really are four reasonable landing spots for a CB in the top ten. I think Sertan and um, and this other kid, Farley, are, are good underplays at their current numbers. You can get Farley under 9.5 for plus 102. Certain under 10.5 is minus 140. Those look like very strong plays. Would you disagree? Especially Certain. It's, I think, one, if not both, are going top 10, and I like him better. 
Mm-hmm. But again, I'm still I'm still just starting to dip my toes into this. I got to read a bunch more. I'm trying to figure out like who I liked from last year, who was right, like who I actually trusted with some of these stuff, some of these uh. I, I remember, like who Joey Kanish, no one. Yeah, yeah. I remember who I don't trust. Like, oh, this is horseshit. Yeah, I remember that too. I've got there's a list a lot of, those of those in my head. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. those. Um, but, I mean, me there's some, you. there's some, and that's something like just. Zach Morris time out on all this. Sure. That's something to be said. Like there are a lot of people in the media and I guess we're in the media, so we got to fall into that, but there's a lot of people <laughs> like, you know, like important people, like people who are way more famous, sure. like people, massive followings that report on the NFL that carry water for teams, carry water for the league that you cannot trust what they're saying. Yeah. They're so full of shit. Like, like there's some stuff yeah. every year. It's like, this is that you're just saying that like you, somebody texted you to tweet that out and maybe you're getting some money. You know that there's already stuff. There were, there are already people peddling bullshit about Trevor Lawrence yeah. as the best, the best quarterback in this draft to try to drum up interest so that it's not four or eight weeks of well, who's going to be number one overall. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, duh. Like next story, like they're literally trying to drum up something about that. Oh no! I mean, you mean, you mean the BYU guy, Wilson? Yeah, we're no the people who are saying, "Oh, I, I, t- I take Wilson over Lawrence." Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people that are spinning those stories just to make it an interesting conversation piece because obviously Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is not a controversial take, and you know, you throw you can throw shit against the wall and get people to click and read and watch, and it's stupid. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's not to be trusted. Um, I would look for, um, uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think this is an offensive talented, the, the offensive talent in this draft is superior to the defensive talent by a lot. Okay. The problem is that the teams at the top of this draft all have piss poor defenses. <laughs> and so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a misfit in terms of where teams are slated, uh, you know, in terms of draft position and what talent is available. And so it's going to be a very weird misfit. Like guys like Waddle, guys like uh, Smith, you know, these wide receivers, they deserve to be top 10 picks in terms of their quality of play, I mean, what they can contribute on day one. But they may slide out of the top 10 just because there's not an obvious need for a lot of these teams at the wide receiver position. Like if it gets the 10th overall and Jamar chase and Waddle and Smith are all on the board, I'm not going to be surprised. And I'm also not expecting Dallas to take a wide receiver there. There's no way, right? They, they, they surprised me last year though. They surprised me last year taking their third wide receiving option uh, when their defense was extremely talent poor and it bit them in the ass. So I don't think they're going to do that again. Um, but I don't know, I guess, now that we're down here in the in the Broncos Cowboys Panthers Broncos Cowboys land, do you think um, Panthers are in the market for a QB or defense still? And I never know where they're going to go. And this is the part of the draft where I start to check out. Where you do have, <laughs> well, not, not not check out, but like from a from a handicapping it standpoint, sure. because once yeah, yeah, you yeah. get once you get like. Honestly, once you get past five, like somewhere in the six to ten range, somebody makes a move. Nobody expected him. Maybe no, not nobody expected, but like it was more of their secondary move. Like ah, they're they're like seventy percent 
they'll take the defensive player here, or like 30% they'll take the old lineman. Something along those lines. When they when they go to the audible, when they take the secondary thing, it sets off this chain reaction of shit where you have to say, well, now this everything changes for this team, everything changes for this team. You know, like last year, the only thing that didn't change was when we got to like 10, and it's like, well, now nothing has changed for Cleveland, or I think they were 10, somewhere around there. Like, they're still taking an offensive lineman. They're just getting a better offensive lineman because they have more options since nobody took one in front of them. Like, the, there's a bunch of teams whose their needs are going to change, or th- their needs aren't going to change, but they're uh, the availability of players they could need is going to change, and they'll have to make decisions. That's true. It throws the whole thing out of whack. That's where once we start getting past, you know, once we start getting past that, I start taking a step back, looking at it from a more macro, and saying like, you know, stuff like the Mac Jones. Like, all right, Mac Jones, his floor ceiling. Here's where we need to model him in this. I don't know where he's going, but he's not getting past maybe this spot. You know, I, I really stopped trying to figure out exactly who's going to take who once we get to that point. It's so hard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I think I Carolina you, is. I, yeah, Carolina, I would take defense. Yeah. Carolina probably is in the quarterback market in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, they were not satisfied with what they got from Teddy Bridgewater last year, and he was a placeholder anyway. So. Not a surprise that they're going to move on potentially, or at least bring in competition for him. He may yeah. be a, a you know, may you may hear Sam Darnold whispers to Carolina for all I can tell you. Uh, we've certainly he- heard uh, other trade destination possibilities for other quarterbacks to to Carolina as well. Uh, similarly, d- it doesn't seem like Denver is making any overtures to the dra- quarterbacks from a drafting standpoint, but they've been very active and rumored to be involved in the free agency standpoint from a quarterback position and nothing's materializing. So is this really the Drew Lock show in 2021? I thought they were kind of checked out of that. I thought there was thought you so know, too. there was talk about they're not so sure. Like, all right, guys, we screwed up. Like this we can't have Drew Lock be our quarterback and win games. And you know, we nailed Judy. We nailed Hamler. We had this Tim, what is it, Tim Patrick, he's kind of good too. We have other good tight ends. Like we, our offensive line isn't trash. They uh, the played defense, well last year. The defense is good, but hurt, and we'll be back next year. Like we have a legitimate chance to be a team in the mix for a playoff spot if we had a quarterback. You know, obviously playing with a third. Uh, yeah, thank you. Maybe I can never think of this guy's last name. I'm getting better at it. Tim Patrick. Sounds like one long last name, but they have they have a, a wealth of good wide receivers, and if they're going to stick with Locke, I think it's going to be a setback for that team, and it could be a team that, with the right quarterback on it, could be a playoff team as soon as this year. So I, I don't know. We'll see what they do. Maybe you know, maybe getting Elway out of that position where he was making more decisions will help them. He's still with the team. He's still in the front office, but he's, you know, taking a different set of responsibilities. So it'll be interesting to see if, uh, how much his influence is over it. Cause I think it's one of those, uh, like pace, pace, naggy Trubisky things where it's, you know, sure. it, it, maybe he's a little more married to Locke, whereas somebody with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ideas will say, all right, we're moving on. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, 
You want to comment a little bit on Dallas's quarterback situation? They got a deal done with Dak. It's uh, it's gonna be spendy, but now it's. I mean, that's what he was gonna get. Like that's that's what you had to pay him if you want to keep him. I guess I never doubted he was gonna stay. Man, that the running back, the running back contract is just dragging your ass down. Now I don't know what you do about that. And the Jalen Smith one is not great either. Yeah, especially since he sucks. Like, yeah. It'd be one thing, like, oh, man, this guy's all over the field. He's great. No, he sucks tackling, sucks in coverage. He sucks at everything. Yeah, it's not great. They w- prioritized and signed the wrong two guys first, and they yeah. put themselves – they did it entirely backwards, actually. They went they went, uh, they went, went Zeke, Smith, Cooper, then your quarterback – and in the meantime, let Byron Jones walk out the door, and he's an all-pro in Miami. Oh, my God. Yeah, Byron Jones looks <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, not great. Sorry, uh, Dallas. Yeah. So they're in they're in cap hell for the foreseeable future. Not going to be very many uh, defensive free agents coming to Dallas. They're going to have to kind of go pick through the scrap heap again, which means they're probably going to be t- looking for top-tier defensive talent at the 10th overall sp- pick. So I would look for whoever they can talk themselves into as the best defensive player. And in fact, that brings me to my next point of view, which is, is Micah Parsons under 13 and a half worth a look? Are there going to be teams that talk themselves into what the Bucks did in going and getting uh, you know, Devin White and pairing him with Levante David and having like this cr- like crushing core uh, at the middle of your defense. Like, are other teams going to look at that and be like, we need to get one of those guys? And Micah Parsons is the next guy in that mold, and he's going to be the anchor of our defense for a generation. Like, he, he seems like one of the defensive players that could get uh, <laughs> could get a uh, a little bit of buzz and move up into the top 10 discussion. 13 and a half seems like a bad, bad, bad number to me. Especially after today. And this is going to be the F part of this whole thing because we have these every year. We're, oh, he did, a, he did a workout on campus and they hand-timed him at like 4.1. And, you know, the laser Amazing. only had him at like 4.15 though. You know, the fastest <laughs> man on earth. And then you get to the combine and you get, you know, you get a couple tries at it and you get a pretty accurate score or at least everybody is running on the exact same field with the exact same timers on the exact same conditions. There's no, you, you can compare players relative if you really value speed. Well, today it came out that not, not only Parsons, but uh, the defensive end from uh, up there at Penn state, like they both, they both had stupid fast times. Like, <laughs> like the linebacker was like a four, four and the D end was like a four, three, five. Or something like you should go look at these. Like oh, I don't know they're fast. They're very fast. Like they're good players. But this is what happens when this is what's gonna happen when the combine gets canceled. We're gonna have there's gonna be some wide receiver that runs a three nine nine. I don't know, man. It's it's gonna get out of hand on some of these hand timed at your own campus kind of shit. But either way, stuff like that is gonna pump people up. And yeah, he's fast. I I wouldn't mind having him on my team. The pro day for Penn State drawing eyeballs. Um there's not really a good pass rusher in this draft, and this Jeez, is the no. second draft in a row, a row now. Where last year you had one guy, and this yeah, year geez. you have none. Like there are some teams are going to reach for the best, whoever is d- becomes sort of the consensus best pass rusher. Correct? You agree with that? 
Yeah, I mean, th- there will be some reaching because there wasn't a big crop of it last year, and some of the trades that people made didn't pan out as well. Like, uh, I mean, the Vikings traded for what's-his-face from the Jags. And then he ended up on Baltimore. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the Seahawks made a nice trade, I thought. He ended up working out all right in Dunlap. I think he's gone now, too. They two. cut him today. Yeah, they yeah. had to cut him because it's just basically the, the salary situation there. So, um you know, uh, look at we'll look at the free agency output for that because I think Clowney's probably a free agent again because he is every year. Bud Dupree, I know, is a free agent, obviously coming off injury. Shaq Barrett's a free agent for sure. Uh, obviously, JJ Watt, I don't think too highly of anymore at this point in his career, but he, you know, he's already picked a spot, so it doesn't matter. I'm trying to think if there's any other edge guys. Uh, Carl Lawson, I think, is a free agent. I'm not sure what Cincinnati situation is with that. So there's some guys out there. Um, Matt Juden. Um, He's nice. Maybe, maybe Ngakwe again. I think Ngakwe is just a free agent anyway. And maybe he ends up, I, I, if I were him, I wouldn't mind just staying in Baltimore. That wouldn't be the worst place to be. So um, th- there's some guys out there. So you, maybe you don't have to reach quite as bad. But there still will be somebody that reaches because this is the second straight year. There hasn't been a ton of great edge help, edge players. Yeah. Yeah. The list is lean. Um, Melvin Ingram, you didn't mention he's the only other guy that I would put in the mix, but he's been hurt so much. I have no idea if he realistically can contribute anything at all. Um, yeah. No, Juden, I, I have eyes for Juden if I'm out there in the free agency market personally. He's my favorite of all those guys you mentioned. Um, <clears throat> let's see. How about the fact that there was so many offensive linemen taken in round one last year? Now all those guys p- panned out, right? Like now, even know, even like, the ones that looked like busts right away. Yeah, like they all panned the, out. Thomas looked bad to start, and he ended up playing very well. Does Obviously, Werps played very well. I mean, yeah, they they all kind of they all kind of stuck. How does that affect the decision making for GMs and and franchises this year? Do they try to go back to that well? and look for more of that same model if those guys are available? Or is it like, well, we got all our needs filled last year. We can do, you know, we'll, we'll be fine on the free. Because honestly, all, the the big ticket free agency spending is going to be hard to come by this year because of the cap limitations on so many teams. But yeah. there'll be lots of middle, middling and low contracts spent. You know, and, and, and yeah, a that's lot of- the other thing too. It depends on your your cap situation because there are a few linemen out there. There's always a few linemen out there, and I think uh, like Trent Williams, that was a rent a rent deal, wasn't it? He's he's a free agent, and I don't know if I can name any other offensive linemen, but Trent Williams and a couple other guys will be out there. There's always some offensive linemen to be picked up off the. I don't want to say scrap heap because certainly it's not the scrap heap with him, but there'll be someone to find. And I don't know, like uh, it comes down to talent evaluation, I suppose, for some of these teams. You don't want to just say like, oh, a lot of teams took uh, offensive linemen and it worked out last year. Yeah, but those guys were all studs. Like those guys were all first round talent. In fact, there was a couple guys where we weren't sure who the sixth guy was going to be or the seventh guy was going to be really. There's a bunch of guys that are right in that. 25 to 40 range that could end up in the end of the first round. Like Ruiz, uh, the center from Michigan ended up going. That was kind of a surprise to me. I thought I didn't think he was going to be our guy. I feel like he was the guy that put us over the prop um, when he went to New Orleans. And yeah, like, I think there, that's there was a bunch of guys that were right there. So I, I don't know if the, the crop is obviously the crop isn't as healthy this year. So I'm not sure what we'll see. 
Dude, Sam, with the Portugal Euros 2020. Do you know they're in like the group of death, man? I don't even know if they're getting out of group F. They got to play France and Germany. And uh, I don't remember the fourth team, but that's that's a, that's, a, that's a risky play, my man. They're, they're going to do it themselves. Sam's a rent boy down in Soho right now. So he, I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's probably <laughs> been up all night <laughs> drinking warm. What are they doing in uh, uh, England? Drink warm beer. Sure. Still jobless. We hope you, we hope you find a job, Sam. This uh this pandemic has been tough on all of us. Yeah. yeah. Friend of the pod, Sam Bauer. If you're yeah. out there and you're in London or Merseyside area, hire this little ginger. <laughs> all right. Um uh so macro stuff then we think potentially tackles there's not they're not as good a crop, but there's clearly a three guys that I think are bona fide top half of round one. Um, and then not a lot after that talent wise, it looks like it kind of of peters off after that. So I'm going to have my eyes out for a tackles under position, because again, I think you're going to get, there's going to be a, uh, the late round flurry this year has whiffs of teams trying to trade back in to get quarterbacks that fell and teams taking wide receivers because it's just an absolute embarrassment of riches of how good the wide receivers are, and they're going to slide, in my opinion. So I think we're looking for kind of wide receivers overs and then unders on linemen, Um, probably overs on cornerbacks, unders on defensive linemen. I don't know. And it's funny, too, because, like, you look at all those numbers and – you know, there are, we know there are going to be a certain amount of players taken in the first round. Like that, that fact is immutable. So you can't just play, you know, you can't play all the overs or all the unders or whatnot. You have to, you know, every time you think there's an under going to cash, like, oh, you know, we're not going to see a ton of linemen going to, going to get taken. You have to sit and think about, like, does that force me? It doesn't force. Does it push me towards another bet? Like, where are these teams who maybe need alignment? What are their other needs if they're not going to take someone in the first round? Like, are we? And I think the answer is probably wide receivers. I think it's the opposite of last year. Did wide receivers go over too? I feel like they almost had to. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> they did. It was it was a big number, but I think it, it was like five two. and a half. And I think Ayuk yeah, was we the had sixth. we had a flurry at the end, six or seven. So, um, yeah, Jefferson was the fifth. Unbelievable. That's nuts. It is. Yeah, uh, I believe, okay. yeah. Ayuk was, Ayuk was the yeah. sixth. Um, okay, so uh, I guess, yeah, I, I'm. I guess uh, of the props available now, the only ones that I see with real, real deal value here, um, Zach Wilson under two and a half right now looks good at minus two sixty still. Um, I think that should be in the three hundred range. Actually, you can get that at one eighty eight on bookmaker i'll take a thousand dollar bet on that so that's not trivial i'm gonna banner um wilson under two and a half minus 188 looks good to me penny sewell under five and a half minus 300 ish is a good look um and then uh what's your mac what's your mac jones price right now i'm looking at fifth 14 and a half Boy, that's minus one fifteen on either side. Yeah, we missed that. Like that opened way too high. Like thirty or twenty something. I mean, even when it was like nineteen and a half, I feel like that was silly. Okay, so what? What? uh, 
15 is probably his floor. So what do you think is going on with uh, some of the teams that we haven't mentioned from the quarterback position this year? Um, we'll start with San Francisco. How do you handicap that market? They're out on Jimmy G? I would be. Are they going to go really with a rookie, though? Because like every, they're like win now with some of the talent on that team. I know it. I know. I would have thought they'd been more in on the on the Stafford thing, or even like the Wentz thing, or try somebody in the league. Or Matt Ryan, if the, uh, if if the Falcons quit on Matt Ryan, bring him in for two years. Yeah, obviously the. I really doubt Seattle would entertain offers from somebody in the division, and the Watt they just don't have the capital to trade for Watson, but. You know, uh, maybe somebody like Minnesota. Kirk Cousins fits good in that system, and Minnesota might be able to finally get that, you know, albatross from around their neck. Um, Minnesota might be ready to move on. They might be a team that takes a quarterback in the, you know, in the second day, or even oh, interesting. if somebody they like, because they, I think they've seen what Kirk Cousins can give them, and it just, it's not, you're not going to get any for it. Like you've plateaued. That's where he, that's where he is. So send Cousins out west and take Trey Lance at top. What, what, what are they picking? Picking 12th? 14th? 11th? 12th? Somewhere in there? 14. Um, oh, yeah. They won their last game like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> um, so what about uh, uh, what about the Patriots? I will not be answering that. I never <laughs> know. know. I don't know what they're going to do. They never, I don't think they know what they're going to do. So many people want to send Mac Jones to the Pats because he has the same body archetype as Tom Brady did before he went to New England, which is a weird reason people are slotting that. Yeah. Yeah. His, his photo reminds me of Tom Brady's photo when he was in the draft. So they're going to take him in round one. Is that how that works? You can't really, like, I feel like the Patriots are that team. Like they're the kid that shows up late, didn't study, and isn't you know it's not like the kid who doesn't study and gets an A. They don't study. They show up late for the test and get like a C minus. Like it's never like an embarrassingly bad draft, but it's never like oh you drafted a bunch of good players. Like they they find some guys here and there, but I don't think I just don't think they give a shit about the draft for the most part. Yeah, like no, like, we'll let other people make decisions for us. We'll take the best player available and move on. Okay. We're on to Cincinnati. Um, we mentioned Sertan under 10 and a half. You like that at minus yeah. 140? Yeah, their, their draft room had a dog in the chair. <laughs> that was Thank great. You, Maple. What do you think of uh, Caleb Farley under nine and a half plus 102? He's the cornerback out of Virginia Tech yeah. who's gotten buzzes the CB1. Okay. Um, what, was it? what was the price on the under? Just under nine and a half is plus, plus 102 for Caleb Farley. Ten and a half for Sertan was minus one forty. You could see Sertan go in the. You could see Sertan go six seven, and then a quarterback, something else to Denver, and then Dallas takes Farley ten. So that could be a that would that would be a tough beat. I'm probably going to stay up. Yeah. Um, Michael Parsons under thirteen and a half minus one twenty five. I think that's a slam. I think that comes into about ten and a half by the time we get to draft day. Um, Waddle. And Smith are sliding. Chase is yeah, sliding. And they're the same guy. Like, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, I think I think just as many teams have Waddle over Smith as they have Smith over Waddle. So there's no telling who's gonna go. I think I'd rather have Waddle. Smith is so little. He's so good, but man, once he takes some NFL hits, he's just too little. Little guy. 
Justin Jefferson is about that same size, isn't he? He did pretty well last year. His legs aren't th- that little. Oh, you think it's just that's just an aesthetic, that's an aesthetics thing, man. Uh, he's Maybe. he's got strong legs. I can I could no. Uh, I mean, he's great. He's a he's yeah. electric. What we saw from him in the in the college football playoff was crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, and none of these other names really strike me except for Najee Harris over twenty four and a half. Yeah. Who I'd sell, I'd sell is still spots. who hasn't gotten it through their heads that you don't draft a running back in round one yet? I mean, Seattle, right? and that's just not a good fit for him. Do you think Seattle does something stupid like give Aaron Jones a billion dollars? Yeah, I mean, but just Seattle, Seattle's spot is like 26, though, right? So it's still, yeah, no, I feel like I feel like Seattle does something stupid like goes out and wades into the free agency market and gives Aaron Jones a bunch of money. Oh my God, Seattle! Seattle, they were they they don't have a pick. They give it to the Jets. Adams. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I'll take well now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, give me that one now. I'll take it now. <laughs> now that Seattle's Najee, out of the way, I have Najee it. Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris. I can already tell you goes round two, pick number three to the Atlanta Falcons, thirty fifth overall. He and he gets comped to Art Smith has got his next Derrick Henry. Like, you know, that's coming. People will not be able to hold their breath making that comp. Um, all right. Uh, anything special, like specific? Henry. Anything specific we missed in the uh, in the NFL um, kind of poo-poo platter here? Off-season prep? No, I mean, uh, you know, obviously you guys in the live chat have had some I've had some nice questions, comments, and that. But if you are re-watching this, not live, or listening to this in podcast form, and you have a hot take, or maybe you have a local that has props up that we haven't discussed or something fun, you know, drop it in the comments, drop it in the in the comments on YouTube, on Twitter, wherever. So, you know, hit us with those if you have anything, and we'll certainly try to answer those as both of us will be digging into draft props pretty heartily yeah. over the next week. Right now, this I've is, basically gotten top 10. Yeah, it sucks. This is like a busy time for me with the conference tournaments, but at the same time, like this is where you have to make some of these bets. You can't wait a month. They'll be gone. So hit us, yeah, hit us with any questions, and um, we'll, uh, we'll be back. We'll come back. We'll do a... We'll probably do a, another Q&A show here soon. That was so fun. I just thought that was fun. I agree. And we had some non-crypto questions that we have to give people a chance to answer, re-ask. I'll so. just answer crypto questions too if you want. I've been... Yeah, you I'm, can be crypto I, I, or not. Yeah, it's the the, 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 the slice, the pie chart of my brain in terms of what I'm spending time thinking about right now is an embarrassing percentage of crypto. It's embarrassing. I need to think hard about uh, uh, what <laughs> what I'm doing with, in my life and how much time I'm dedicating to reading, listening, and and just thinking about this stuff. So happy to talk about it, though. Fifty three four. It's been a good day, man. Like it's Ice Cube said, day. up only. <laughs> no, today was a good day. <laughs> today was a good day. <laughs> From yeah. LA. I know, I know what you were. I know what you were. I know, I know you knew, but I'm still mad. All right. Catch you guys later. Thanks for hanging. All right. I'm going to hit the music. I think we realistically could wake up to 56 at this point.
there's just no levels here where anything has been traded. <laughs> Patrick didn't have to use his AK. That's from the song. <laughs> I don't know the exact words, but something about and they're 